Esther. Great job by everyone this morning. I know we're a little shorthanded uh, on some of the team here. As you know, notice we didn't have any guitar players, and I was, everything inside of me, Matthew, was just wanting to run up and grab a guitar and play. And then I realized I haven't played guitar in a couple years. And then I realized I don't know any of the chords. And I was like, I could fake it until I make it. But no, I'm not going to do that. And then so good job, by the way. One of my favorite Christmas carols is uh, um, the one that you sang, the second one. And, and, and uh, come let us adore him. And uh, it's just one of these ones that just hits home for me. And, and I think Christmas time is this wonderful season where we can just really focus on what's important. And, and, and for me, that's Jesus, right? I, 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 I've understood that my end-all and my be-all is Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And if I have Jesus, I can rest assured that everything is going to be okay. I can rest assured that he's working things out for my good. I can rest assured that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is on my side with me through thick and thin. And this gives me great peace and it gives me great uh, excitement. But I, I love that song. Um, one of the songs that I've been singing lately, and uh, you know, Pastor Adam will always have a chuckle about this, and, and, and he's called me out from the pulpit a couple times about some of the message I've spoken about, because in turn, when I speak about a particular message, this wonderful thing happens to a lot of people where you get the exact opportunity to work out what was preached on Sunday. Uh, and so you get this wonderful blessing of an opportunity that normally comes along the week after to put into practice what you've heard. Because how many people know uh, you are called to be a doer of the word? Okay, I'm just going to just keep preaching until someone just kind of comes alive this morning with me. Uh, that's okay. I got tough skin. I got big heart. I, I, I'm free until 3 o'clock this afternoon. So if we have to, we are good to go. I'll call Pizza Pizza, get it delivered. We'll have a good time, right? Uh, but, but, but it's just this amazing thing. So this song that I've been singing, and I'm pretty sure I picked it up in grade 3 at the school that I went to. It was called Divine Infant. And we used to come together, and we used to kind of do, uh, Tom's shaking his head because he lived on the same street as me growing up. I probably threw eggs at his house at one point or another, so please forgive me. I appreciate your love and grace. Um, but, but here's the thing. I picked up this song, and I've been singing it this whole week. And, and Matthew, I don't even know if you know this song. If you know this song, this is amazing. But it goes something like this. Are you ready for this? You didn't even know that this was coming. But I, I'm not going to sing it. I'll just kind of say the words. Um, peace is flowing like a river. Remember that one? Anybody remember that? Peace is flowing like a river. Come on. Flowing out of me and you. Right? So anyways, okay. I'm going to stop there before I, I become a sensation on YouTube or something. Um, <clears throat> that's not my intention. Okay? And so I've been singing this song all week. And yesterday was just one of those days we had an amazing day on Friday. We, are, uh, we, we, you know, we just had an impromptu, we picked up, packed up the car and just started driving. And we ended up in Gananoque. There was this little display at their town hall with lights and all sorts of stuff. And it was really beautiful. And we were just like, let's just go. And then we ended up driving to Kingston and just to go have a coffee in Kingston. Like Ottawa doesn't have any good coffee shops or something. But we just thought we would go. And so here, we're over here. And so that was all good. And, but it was a big, long day for Levi, right? It was a big, long day for Levi. You ever see a kid the day after he gets out a big, long day? Nothing makes sense and everything is, is worth crying over, right? So it's like, gave him breakfast. No, Dad, no, no, no. You don't want breakfast? No. So then I take the breakfast. He goes, no, no, no. And, and like, I was just so confused. I, I didn't know what was going on. And it was just a little bit of this, like, 
agitation and everything that I was doing was not right. And then when I tried to correct it, that was even more not right. And so it was this kind of fun battle in the morning. He cheered up in the afternoon. It was like we had a great day. Um, but I, I, I was just going around the house, and as he was kind of doing his thing and no and crying and this and that or whatever, I was just doing the dishes, and all I kept singing was, peace is flowing like a river. And then and the louder he got, the louder I got. Peace is flowing. And then, and, and then my neighbors probably thought I was crazy. I'm like, this guy's going to keep getting louder and louder until he gets the peace that he's looking for. And uh, I just thought it was amazing because here's the thing. I have so enjoyed this Christmas season. My family and I, we love every Christmas season. We go to the extremes, right? And, and, and we just love it. Uh, but here's the thing. Seeing Christmas through the eyes of a two-year-old is completely different the wonder, right? The amazement. Like we took a little stroll down again in Aqua to check out these lights and I, I looked around and in my natural mind, I'm like, it's nothing spectacular, right? There's some trees, there's some lights, it's all good. I mean, we could have went to Taffy Lane and saved, you know, 60 bucks in gas. But here's the thing, the wonder that I saw in his eyes as the sun went down and it got dark and, and all the lights were twinkling and the, 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 the majesticness of the, the scene was just so incredible, right? And, and just this idea of seeing it through his eyes, I just thought, man, this is awesome. And, and it's not that I haven't enjoyed Christmas because I really love Christmas, but it feels like the exact reasons why Christmas is an issue or a thing for us as Christians is really kind of bubbling up over inside of me. And as much as I love the gifts and as much as I love the turkey and, and for all my French family, as much as I love my tortière, and if you're really French, as much as I love my tortière de Lac Saint-Jean, because there's different kinds of tortières, yeah? Good, because that's the best one. If you're having tortière, make sure it's from Lac Saint-Jean. It's the best. As much as I love all of that, what I've really been enjoying is the fact that Christmas for me represents so much more. It's, it's the fact that it represents, as we talked about last week, hope. And it gives me something to look forward to. And it's, it's this natural time of the year where we have this beautiful opportunity to look back at the year and take note of what's transpired and give God glory for what has been happening. And even some of the areas where maybe we understand that we've got to tighten some things up, it gives me hope for the new year. That if I can identify what's going on in my life, I can make changes so that I can draw closer to Jesus. And so we've been talking about that. And so what I want to talk about, particularly this day, is peace. We talked about hope last week. And then this week, I'd like to talk to you about peace. And how many people know, if you, uh, if you spend any time in society, that peace is something that seems to be elusive these days? Right? Like, peace is one of those things that's it's just, it's, it's, to a lot of people, they understand the concept, but they're not quite sure if they can have it. They're not quite sure if they can take possession of peace. And so I want to talk to you a little bit today about peace because I feel uh, as I came into this Christmas season, one of the things that I've recognized in past times is that a lot of times the peace, the very thing that, that or one of the very things that Christmas is all about, um, it, it was one of these things that was just seemed to be out of my reach. I love the Christmas season, but at times my heart was anxious. I wasn't quite at peace. And this year I've come into a place where I'm probably on the extreme side of it, where I'm just like taking on, you know, Pastor Adam's favorite saying, who cares? Who cares? 
I'm just enjoying every minute and every moment and whatever's going on to the point where I'm just so uh, uh, just into it and wanting it to be a part of my life. And so today I want to talk about the peace of God. And I want to start in a scripture found in Isaiah. And it was alluded to several times uh, in the last couple weeks, today even. But in Isaiah chapter 9, it says this. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and look at this, Prince of Peace. And as I was thinking about this, I, I, I began to understand that Jesus was prophesied to be our Prince of Peace. His whole mission as he came to earth and was born and, and rested in a manger was the fact that he was to reestablish the peace between God and man that was first intended at creation and had been lost because of our disobedience and because of our sin and because of our selfish nature. And as I began to focus and meditate on the very fact that what Jesus came to do was not only to bring hope, but was also to bring peace, I began to dive into this idea of peace. Because as we've been talking about, we've been talking about the Christmas presents. And one of the things that I've noticed in my life is that when I draw close to Jesus, I have this peace that doesn't make sense. You know what I'm talking about? The Bible talks about a peace that surpasses all understanding. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was in algebra class, that kind of stuff was beyond my understanding. But here's what I learned, is if I just applied the rules, that eventually, if I just stayed with it, eventually I would come to the right answer. There's certain things in life that when you give yourself to it and you just continue to work it out, the results are always going to be the same. And so I, I talk about this peace that surpasses my understanding. And I don't know, maybe you found yourself in a situation like this and, and it's kind of like this like scary but exciting place to be. And you'll know what I mean by it. It's not scary in any manner. But it's like all hell is breaking loose around you and yet your heart is in a complete state of peace. And it doesn't make sense. You should be panicking, my friend. You should be freaking out, calling all of your friends, asking them for all of the advice that you don't need. Come on, right? You, 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 you should just be losing your mind right now. But instead, because I'm close to the Savior of the world, I get to enjoy this peace that doesn't make sense to me. But here's the thing that I know. I love it. I love it. Because now I don't have to revert back to my own strength, to my own energy, to my own wisdom, to what I think I know or to what I think I've got figured out. All I know is if I stay close to Jesus, if I stay near him, if I stay close to him, if I stay with him, then I am going to an experience of peace that surpasses all understanding. And I don't know about you, but I know this to be true. Christmas season brings out the best in people. But it can also bring out the worst in people. And I don't know about you, 
But I don't want to have this season and this time that's supposed to be, you know, just filled with wonder and amazement and, and the idea of focusing on a Jesus that came to earth to, 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 to save people that didn't even want to be saved and, and, and to bring peace between God and man once and for all, even though some still reject it to this day. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be in this season where my eyes should be on Jesus, but I'm concerned about a whole bunch of things that I have no control over. You know, Pastor Adam, uh, he shared, you know, he, he's got a lot of wisdom and it's a quiet kind of wisdom where you kind of walk away and you're like, oh, yeah. And I remember sitting down with him one time and we were going through some things and, and he just made two columns, right? Just made two columns in life. And he says, listen, here's what we're going to do. You just list down everything that's going on in your life right now. And then what we're going to do is we're going to do two columns. We're going to put things into one column of things that we can do something about. And then we're going to put everything else in the other column that we can't do anything about. This is going to be called the prayer column. And I thought to myself, man, you, you just, you, you're wise. All right. And so we started doing that. And as we started doing that, we're moving things in the column that we could do about things. And we didn't leave it just there. He said, okay, now what are we going to do about this? What are we going to do about this? And so we put, started putting a plan in action of things that we could actually do, steps that were actually attainable, Right. And then the other one, he says, okay, now here's the things that we can't do anything physically about, but what we can do in our secret weapon is prayer. And we're going to bring this to the Lord, and we're going to bring this before the Lord, and we're going to ask for his help, and we're going to ask for his wisdom, and we're going to ask for his favor, and we're going to ask for his intervention. And all of a sudden, my peace began to bubble back up again because I was looking at a bunch of things that were just kind of trying to chip away at my peace, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, this makes, this makes complete sense because now it's into bite-sized pieces. And so I don't know about you, but I love the Christmas season, but I love it even more when my peace is filled, when my peace is complete, okay? And, and so I'm fully aware that the demands of Christmas time can be stressful. You got to buy the perfect gift, guys. Come on, you got to... If you are not aware of this, let me just help you out. Your wife or your significant other has gently been dropping hints of what they would like for Christmas for about the last two to three months. And your job was to pick up on those cues. That was your job. If you haven't done it, you've got two weeks by asking some very pointed and, 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 and you know, direct questions. You might be able to get there, guys. But, but you know, there's, there's pressure with coming up with the perfect gift. You ever bought a gift that you thought was perfect and the people open it and right away by their face are like, uh-oh. Uh-oh, right? There's perfect, there's, there, there's pressure to have the, the perfect tree. There's, there's pressure to have the, the perfect turkey. There's pressure to, there's, there's pressure to, 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 to be around people that you know are going to rub you the wrong way. There's Christmas parties. Man, are there Christmas parties. Christmas party this night, Christmas party that night, Christmas party this night, Christmas. I mean, there's, there, and, and, and so if we're not careful, we can get into the mode set of just putting it on cruise control, but in the, in the meantime, losing part of our peace. And, and listen, I've done this before. It's no joy coming into Christmas morning, which is supposed to be one of the, the happiest days of the year with no peace. Because I don't know about you, but when I have no peace, man, I'm anxious, I'm worried. I'm frustrated, right? Come on. Does this sound like something you know that you've experienced in your life? I'm agitated. Come on. Little things that should have no bearing on my life begin to rub me the wrong way. And maybe I become short and maybe I become short with my words. And, and maybe I start giving the looks. You know the looks. You all have the looks. I've seen you use the look on me before when I'm preaching. I know your looks. You got a look. I got a look, right? Like, 
It's like you try to use your eyebrows to express the immense disgust that's happening inside of you right now. Like, you all have a look, right? And so there's pressure. But here's the thing. God has provided for you and I through his presence the beautiful gift of peace. And how many people out there would like to experience the kind of peace on a daily basis? On a daily basis. See, I was under the impression that, that, that I could just live in a certain state of mindset, but then when I needed peace, I could go to God and he would give me a dose of peace for that particular reason or season. But then I started digging into the Word of God, and I found out that I can live in a state of peace on a daily basis. That's different. That, that, that's different. Living in a state of peace on a daily basis. And so I started digging into the Word and found a few scriptures that would support this idea, and we're going to get into it. But here's the beautiful thing. Jesus was prophesied to be our Prince of Peace. And he came to bridge the gap between God and man. Like, I don't know if you know this, but there's, there was a gap between God and man because of the sin of Adam and Eve. And everything was honkadori and everything was good and it was all peachy until they did the exact thing that they were commanded not to do, which is, like, let's be honest, a lot of us would be like, how could they do that? But we do it on a daily basis, right? Come on. And, and, and so, like, I, I don't know ever say that. I'm like, I, you know, like, really sometimes I think, like, in my mindset of how we are as humans, I'm like, I'm surprised it took the long, that long to, to, to get there. And, and, and so Jesus came to bridge that gap that was, that was created by our selfishness and our sin between God and man. That's why he came to earth, right? And so here's the beautiful thing that I've been recognizing is that peace is this beautiful idea. We, we have peacekeepers. We, we have peace missions. We have officers of peace. We, we, we love the idea of peace. But do you know that in the last 3,500 years of recorded history, only really have we had about 260 or so years, uh, scattered years, where we have not had uh, any wars or, or, or any disputes in this earth. So for, for, for almost like, what is that, 3,200 years, at one point or another in this world, there has been some type of war going on. And we like the idea of peace, but we're not really good at keeping it. We like this idea of peace, but we're not really good at maintaining it or, or maybe even, uh, you know, being a, a good steward of it. And so as I was digging into the Word of God, here's what I found. Peace in Jesus is not measured by the absence of conflict or struggle. I need you to understand that, okay? So peace is not this idea that we're completely free of struggle or, or even trouble. That's not what I'm talking about today or even in the world around us. Peace is not just this serene feeling, right? It's not just this like, ah, peace. Like you go to the spa for one day and for the first hour, you know, it's peaceful. And then you start thinking of all the things that you've got to do that you didn't do that, that are on your calendar. And then you're supposed to be in this state of peace, right? And it, my wife brings me to the spa every once in a while. It's always good for the first, you know, hour. It's nice and relaxing. And then you get so relaxed that you start thinking about all the things, you know, all the, the list of things, right? And you start thinking of the most random things. You start thinking about things that you haven't thought about in years. You start dreaming. You start going all over the place because you've, you've quieted yourself down to this place, right? So it's not just this serene feeling or even favorable living conditions, although those are nice things to have. I love the serene feeling. Come on. I love it. I love being, being stuck in traffic and not having to worry. Because one of the first things that happens to me when I'm stuck, stuck in traffic, and it doesn't matter where I'm at, automatically my mind starts like twitching and my body's like, oh, I don't know about this. I'm looking for an exit. I don't like being stuck with all these cars. What do I do? Do I get off? What's my options? Maps? Tell me, where am I supposed to go? I don't like it, right? 
But lately, I've just been experiencing this peace of God where I get stuck in traffic and all of a sudden I just start praying. I was like, hey, wait a second. You know, a lot of people tell me, Pastor Brown, I don't have time. And then all of a sudden, if I start looking at my day, I start finding all these little pockets of time that I actually do have. And so I'm stuck in traffic, right? I, I, I say that like I drive every day to work and I'm stuck in, I live four kilometers from church, okay? It's, you know, a, a bad day going to work for me, like driving to work, is when I hit every red light. I just, you know, there's four of them and I hit all four of them. And then at the roundabout, I get stuck and I'm like, oh man, right? But sometimes I go out in the real world and I hit real traffic and, and, and these are the, the feelings of serene. And so I've been experiencing this serene peace. I've been, I, I love it. Don't get me wrong. I like it, but it's not the end all be all. It doesn't have to be perfect in your world to experience peace. Look at this. Our peace is not the, 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 the perfect conditions for you to just be at peace. Our, our peace is not determined by things. Our, our, our peace is not determined by timing. It's not determined by people. What it is, it's determined by a person, and that person, my friends, is Jesus. And as we grow closer to Jesus, all of a sudden we begin to experience a peace that surpasses all understanding. It means that we can be in the middle of the greatest tribulation or trial that we've ever experienced, but because our confidence and our hope and our trust is in God and in God alone, because we've understood that no matter what we try to do, no matter how we try to exercise our will into things, what we understand is that all of that comes down to a lack of trust of God. And when I trust in God, when I put my hope in Him, when I begin to read the scriptures that is filled with promises of all sorts from God to us, to you, what I begin to understand is I don't need to react like I think I need to react. I don't need to stomp my feet and, and have a spiritual tantrum, so to speak, anytime something doesn't go the way that I think it should go. What it means is that I can draw closer to Jesus. And as I draw closer to Jesus, I begin to experience his peace. And you know what peace gives us, my friends? When you're stepping into the peace of God in the midst of trials and tribulations, what it gives you is the opportunity with a clear mind and a clear heart to ask Jesus, Lord, what do we do? Where do we go? Because I don't know about you, but I've never made great decisions when I'm anxious. When I'm anxious, I'm trying to make the quickest decision that I can make to get out of that circumstance or that situation right away, right? Uh, I, I'm making decisions that are based on fear. I'm, I'm, make, I'm making decisions that are based in worry. And these are the kind of decisions that might uh, bring a, a temporary alleviation from what's happening, but they're not the type of decisions that set you on a course to make sure that things turn around for good. And so we dig into this, right? So at the heart of this amazing season that we know as Christmas, uh, let's just recognize that Jesus took it upon himself um, the, to deal with the terrible brokenness of our world and to offer us eternal peace, okay? So though Jesus and in Jesus and through Jesus, we have peace with God, if you're taking notes, and we have the peace of God. So we have peace with God, but then we also have the peace of God. And, and though they're similar, um, they're, they're different. And look and listen to this. Peace with God has to do with the right relationship with him. We've been made right with, with God through the sacrifice of Jesus. We weren't right. Come on. 
On our best day, we weren't right. On our best behavior, we still couldn't get it right. But we've been made right with God because of the sacrifice of Jesus. But then look at this. Then we also have the peace of God that has to do with our hearts and our minds being filled with not only assurance, but being filled with hope and the contentment in Jesus. So we have the peace of God and we have peace with God. And Jesus is the only one who can calm the storms of the soul. Come on, somebody. He's the only one that can calm the storms of our soul. He's also the one that quiets the waves of our hearts. He's the one that just speaks in the middle of a situation and just one word can turn everything around. Just one touch can change your situation from hopeless to hope. Just one touch, one word from God, just, just one minute in his presence can take your worry, your anxiousness, your doubts, your shortcomings, and he can switch it into this peace that allows you to see things more clearly, that allows you to walk through this life without a hope and a worry. And this is something, my friends, that you need to work at. It's something that you need to make sure that you're intentional about. It's something that you need to set out as a goal and say, Lord, maybe in this new year, I recognize that, that maybe I'm a pretty anxious person. I've had to recognize this past year through friends and family and even my life feelings that I've been having that I wasn't living in the type of peace that I understood the Bible had to offer, right? And the first thing I want to do is kind of be like, God, why, Right? What's up? What's going on? And I, I, maybe I want to shift blame. Like, wow, you know, like, it's just been stressful. It's just, you know, it's just maybe there's been some letdowns or maybe, maybe you're a little bit confused or whatever. We all have our different reasons on why we lack our peace. But, but here's what I had to do. I had to stop for a moment and begin to take inventory of my life and say, okay, Brian, what is it that is causing your peace to seem to dissipate in your life? And as I was brutally honest, I began to see some things in my life where I said, wait a second, I just got to make a course correction here. You know what it came down to? I thought that I was in control. I thought I had to be everything to everybody all at once. And not only that, I'm a, you know, I'm a, it, my personality is one that is empathetic. But when you're empathetic, sometimes you got to be careful because you can begin to take on the cares of other people and become your cares. And all of a sudden, you know, what, what, what is meant to be as a gift, if it's not used correctly, can, can kind of get you in a little bit of hot water there. And I started taking notice of my life, and I started taking notice of what's been going on in my life, and I started praying, Lord, I want this peace that you talk about in the Bible. But I don't just want it when I find myself in trouble. God, I want it on a daily basis. I want it with my family. I want it in my marriage. I want it with my son. I, I want it in my workplace. I want it in this church. Lord, I want this peace to wherever I go, wherever I find myself. Lord, this is the kind of peace that I want to be walking in and walking out of, okay? And so here's the thing. I got a couple ideas for you with the last few minutes that we have this morning. Um, but if you're taking notes, and I hope that you are because you retain a lot more when you do take notes, here's the thing. I want you to recognize I got two points for you and a couple sub points. But point number one, a lot of people don't understand this. Even believers don't understand this. But peace is your portion. Peace is your portion. Peace is what has been promised to you by our Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ. Right? And I don't know about you, but sometimes in the past I've had difficulty laying hold of some of the things that people have told me are mine. 
right? Maybe because you're shy or you don't know what to do or whatever it is. And so I started thinking about this. Peace is my portion. And not only is it my portion, but peace is my prize. And peace, if we're sticking with the theme for this month, is my present from God. And I have the opportunity each and every day to unravel that presence of peace in my life. And I can walk it out each and every moment of that particular day. And I don't know about you, but I'm one of these guys that on Sunday night, I'm trying to go to sleep, but I start thinking about all the things I got to do that week, right? And like before, I used to allow it to kind of just, you know, circulate until finally I just either get tired of it or I get too tired and I finally fall asleep, which could be an hour, two hours, three hours, whatever it is, whatever kind of week I got going on. And so now what I start doing, I said, Lord, I thank you for this week and I thank you I'm going to be walking in perfect peace and everything that needs to happen, Lord God, is going to transpire. You're going to give me the wisdom. You're going to give me the knowledge. Father, you're going to give me the insight. Not only that, Lord, I thank you for your favor moving forward. So things that might have taken longer, Lord, they're going to move quickly. And this is the way that I start praying about my week now. And what I found is I'm not up till 2, 3 o'clock in the morning anymore. What I found is I'm actually like at peace, able to fall asleep in a decent time. And if you ask my wife, that's something that I always kind of struggled with. I'm a thinker. I, I eternalize and I think about things and I think about things when I shouldn't think about things and, and I think about things that could be and I think about things that what were and I think about things that, that are and that maybe shouldn't be or the things that, that aren't, that should be. And I said, he's right. Do you see how I could stay up a few minutes? Right? And I started thinking about this, but all of a sudden I started realizing, wait a second, as a child of God, I have to decide whether what God says about my life is true or not. I've got to be the one that takes responsibility. If God has promised me peace and I'm not living in the peace that I understand is available to me, let me share a secret with you, my friends, because I love you and I cherish you. It's not Him. <laughs> It's not. As much as I would like it to be, as much as it's easy to pass the buck to someone else, it's not him. It's us. Maybe we've taken on the cares of this world. Maybe we're carrying baggage that we were never intended to carry. Maybe we got to break some mindsets down in, in, in our life. Maybe, maybe we put limitations on ourselves. Maybe other people have tried to put limitations on us. And for one reason or another, we began to believe it. And so I started thinking to myself, Lord, no, 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 no. Here's the thing, God. You said that peace is my prize, is my portion. It's, it's, it's my present. And so, Lord, how do I walk this out? Well, I've got two simple, simple ways on how you can walk out in peace on a daily basis. Number one, are you ready for this? It is going to rock your world. Number one, get ready. Trust God. Trust God. How novel just to trust God on a daily basis for what's about to transpire, what's coming down the laneway. Here's what I found in Isaiah 26, this beautiful scripture that has brought me so much uh, peace in my life. It says you saying God, God will keep him in what kind of peace? Someone tell me. What kind of peace? Perfect peace. Not, not just half peace or imperfect peace or broken peace. God will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is what? Stayed on you because he trusts in you. And so I started looking at this scripture and I started thinking to myself, I would like to be walking in this perfect peace. Come on, if there's something in here for me, I want to be walking it out. I don't want to just read about it, I, 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 and I'm okay to see it in other people's lives, right? But if I'm not experiencing in my life, then i got to contend against jealousy and, and bitterness, and I don't want that, Lord. I want this perfect peace that you talked about. And so what are the conditions of, of walking in this perfect peace? Your mind has got to be stayed on him. 
Your mind has got to be stayed on Him. Daily, you've got to be thinking about Him. Daily, you've got to be, you've got to be communicating with Him. Daily, you've got to put yourself in a position where your mind is focused on Him. Because here's what I've learned. If my mind is not focused on Him, it's definitely focused on something else. And I have yet to run into something else that can heal me. I have yet to run into something else that could bring me joy like he brings to me. I have yet to experience someone who can bring the peace of God like he does. Right? And we're talking about a peace not just on earth in the middle of a traffic storm or if your Tim Hortons is taking too long and you're beginning to freak out and, oh my gosh, it's Monday and I have to wait seven and a half minutes in Tim Hortons. This sucks. And your whole week is run on. That is good to have peace there. But what I'm talking about is this understanding that no matter what comes down the pipeline, God has got my back. And he's got my front. And he's got my sides. Come on. And he's going to work this out for my good. That's the trusting part. The trusting part is the believing that he is who he says he is and he will do what he said he will do. And not only that, my friends, but this is the tough one to swallow, but he will do it in his, everybody say his, come on, say it with me. He'll do it in his perfect timing. And so when we get into this place where we begin to focus on him and focus on what he's done, we can begin to build up in ourselves a peace that is unshakable, a peace that doesn't get rattled. Uh, you know, I, I always think that I'm a, a man of peace until something happens and I realize, whoa, got a couple cracks here I got to fix. Whoa, I got a little bit of work I got to do here. I thought I was all right, but wait a second. Trials and tribulations, what they're really good at is revealing the areas in your life that need a little bit more work. If my first reaction is to freak out every time I get a piece of news that maybe I'm not, you know, 100% okay with, I got to understand, wait a second, there's, there's something in here. There's something here that I got to deal with. There's something here, you know, that I, that I got to understand, right? And, and, and so we really get into this. So if you're living under this impression like I was, that you have to do everything yourself, right? And there's people like this. I'm, I'm one of them. I, I, I always want to do, 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 make everything perfect, fix everything, heal everybody, do all at all. I want to be everything to everybody. And, 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 and what I begin to realize is that, that that wears me pretty thin. It gets me to the point where if I'm not constantly aware of what's going on, I can continue to give out, give out, give out, give out until all of a sudden I'm realizing, wow, I feel like I'm empty. I have nothing to give anymore. And I don't want to get to that place. So if you feel like you have to do everything, if you're feeling like you have to fix everything yourself, one of the things that I learned and still continue to learn is that sometimes people, when they come to you and they share something with you, you don't have to give them the solution. A lot of times when people start talking to me, especially with my wife, she'll start sharing something, how she's feeling or this, that, or whatever. Melissa will be like, you know, Brian, like this is going on and yada, yada, yada. And, and right away, my mind goes into fix it, Brian. Fix it. Sick it, dog. Go get it. Right? You go take care of that guy that hurt her or, or, or the person that maybe gave her a dirty look at the grocery store. You go get them and you make them pay. Right? Where she's sharing something that's going on. I said, well, you should just do this and this and this and this and this and this and this. And she looks at me and I realize, wait a second. She just wants some comfort. She just wants me to hear her out, support her, right? I don't have to go around fixing everything. You don't have to go around fixing everything, right? And if you do that, you know what ends up happening? You end up burning out. Because in the process of fixing everything else, all of a sudden there's just chips falling away at yourself, 
And all of a sudden, you're like, whoa, what's happening here? You don't have to fix everything yourself. Look at this. You don't even have to prevent everything yourself. This is freeing. It's no wonder if this is you and this was me, it's no wonder why anxiety is always knocking on your door. It's no wonder why you always seem to be a worry ward thinking the worst of every situation. That's not a good kind of life. If your mindset is always like the worst case scenario, my friends, that's, that's not faith. It's not. It's fear. And sometimes it disguises itself as genuine concern or whatever else we want to label it. And there's a, there's a point where we ought to be concerned, but, you know, there's a point where we got to be very careful of what we're allowing to come on us and in us, right? And so we got to get to this place. So look at this. Trust that God. Listen, trust that God. Just turn to your neighbor. If you got a neighbor, just turn to them and say, trust God, not you. Trust in God, not in yourself, okay? So we trust God, not you, is in control of your life. This is where trusting really comes in. we got to trust that God is in control of our life. And not only is he in control of our life, but he's certainly aware of our circumstances. Sometimes I think like when we come to prayer, you come to prayer at nighttime, maybe you pray in the morning, you pray in the afternoon, you pray at night. I don't know what your prayer life is. Maybe you only pray when you're in trouble. I don't know what it's like, okay? Right? But, but, but it's just like we get to this place where we can be, if we're not very careful, we come to God like, and God, you won't believe what happened at work today. Like, you know, Karen was so mean to me. Like, she just went off and she embarrassed me. And it's not like God is in heaven going, oh, no, really? Guys, he's aware. He's aware, right? And so we can come to God and not as, as, as though he doesn't know, but that he is already aware and he's there to offer his peace, his joy, his hope, his strength, his wisdom, right? So don't, 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 don't approach God like he's not aware of what's going on. Just understand that, 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 that we need to trust God in our circumstance. We need to trust God with our life. Trust that he's going to empower you to live your life the best uh, way that you can live it. This is what we need to understand is that God is actually for us. Sometimes you just got to remind yourself that God is for you right? Because if you're not careful, circumstances having this way of trying to convince you that he's not for you, that he's for everybody else except for you. Like you're the one special case in all of history that God is not for. And he's for you. The Bible is clear about that. He's got a plan. And that plan involves hope and it involves a future that is amazing, that is good, that is just so filled with his peace and his joy and his love. It's just filled with all of the things that heaven is going to be filled with and is filled with. And we get to experience that here on this earth. And for me, that is amazing. So that's why we got to trust in God. We got to trust God that things are working out for our good. Come on, somebody. We got to trust him in the process. We got to trust that God has good things in store for you, despite... See, sometimes I got to just put little caveats in there because people want to tell me, yeah, yeah, that's good, Pastor Brian. He's, he, he, you know, he's working things out for you, but I don't know if he's working things out for me. No, he is. You've got to trust him that he's got good things in store for you despite, despite what? Maybe despite your past. He's got good things in store for you. Yeah, that's right. He does. Maybe he's got good things in store for you right now. Come on. Here's the definite truth. He's got great things in store for you down the pipeline, but we just got to trust the process. We can't allow the despites to get in the way of the goodness and the peace of God in our life right now. I can experience the peace of God despite who I used to be. Come on. I can experience the peace of God despite what's going on in me right now. 
This is when we need it. We don't need peace like 15 years down the road. We need peace right now. I don't know about you, but I need to live in this kind of way each and every day. And so we have this peace despite the shortcomings, despite our weaknesses, despite our failures, despite our attitudes. Come on, somebody. Despite, despite all the good things and the bad things, we still can tap into the peace of God. But we have to do it by trusting it. Number two, we definitely have to allow this mindset to be in us. Number two, if you are going to experience the peace of God, You've got to allow your mind to be steadfast and governed by the Spirit. This is so important. This is so key to your peace. And if you're lacking peace in your life overall, generally speaking, this could be the issue right here. And listen up closely because the Scriptures declares it very clearly for us. In Romans 8, it says this. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind, look at this, leads to what? to life and peace. See, the world is full of uncertainty, and if we don't take care of our minds, any little bump in the road can throw us into a dark place. I've learned this. If my mind is not healthy, little things tend to shift me in big ways. Right? Little things, little kinks in the road, unexpected things during your day that just come up, things that just pop up and, 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 and want to challenge you. If I don't take care of my mind, I understand that quickly and without warning, my life can shift in a direction that I don't want it to go in. And that's why the Lord says, that, hey, the battle, it's in the mind. That's why he continues to remind us, read your word. Why? So you can transform the way you think. You can renew yourself the way that you think. You can renew yourself to the word and to the will of God by just digging into this Bible. That's why, can I just say this out loud? That's why your devotional life is constantly and will always be under attack. That's why there's going to be a million different things that is vying for your attention and your time when it comes to reading the word of God. That's why we tell you week after week after week, read your Bible. Take some time to pray. Get into God's presence. Why? Because everything you have need of to be successful on this life and to prepare you for the next is found in his presence. Everything that you've been longing for, everything that your heart has been desiring is found in his presence. And so when we get to his place where we begin to allow our mind to be renewed to his word, all of a sudden we begin to experience the benefits that he said that would come with that. But sometimes we don't want to put the work in. Sometimes we just want the goodies. You know what I'm saying? But we got to make sure that we're putting the time in with our Savior and our Lord. And then we begin to experience the presence that comes from his presence. Matthew, you can go ahead and do your thing. I bet you Matthew's been Googling peace like a river. He's probably going to play it right now. And if he's not, he's probably scrambling on his phone right now. Listen. Here's the truth of the matter. We should be able to train our minds through consistent time in his word. This holiday season, this Christmas season, give yourself the gift of his presence. Give yourself the gift of time with Jesus. And then the kind of hope that we talked about last week, it's not going to be some just message that some guy spoke about. It's going to be a reality in your life. When you give yourself the gift of his presence, all of a sudden you begin to experience the peace that he talks about. And when we do this, both by trusting in God and allowing our minds to be governed by 
the Spirit. Here's what happens. We live out a life that is talked about in Colossians 3.15 that says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you are also called in one body and to be thankful. And here's the wonderful thing is that it just doesn't end there. Although I love walking in peace, I'm going to tell you something. It's liberating. Things that used to affect me to a great uh, extent, it has no hold on me anymore. Because I just begin to say things like, well, I can't control that, but I know this for a fact is that God's going to take care of it. He's going to work on us. He's going to provide for us. He's going to make a way of escape if we need it. There's all sorts of promises that he talks about. But here's the goodness, okay? Because I'm always about experiencing things in our life and then bringing it out to the forefront. So not only will you experience the peace of God, but here's the beautiful thing. God has called you, yes, you, to be a peacemaker. I started looking at this. Matthew 5, it talks about this. This is a famous portion of Scripture. We call it the Beatitudes. And it said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. That's amazing. But look at this. The Passion says it this way. How joyful you are when you make peace, for then you will be recognized as a true child of God. Wow. Jesus says that the peacemakers are blessed and that they will be called children of God. Now I just started pondering about this and I was throwing some ideas out there to see what would stick. But why are peacemakers so important to Jesus? Here's what I think. Because peacemakers reflect the heart and the character of God. See, God became a peacemaker when he sent Jesus to this earth to live a life that was sinless and perfect, and to die upon a cross for you and I, to pay the debt that we would never be able to repay, to close the gap that had been created between man and God. And so it's a special part of who and what he does, always bringing peace to man, whether it be in your mind or your heart or in your trials and your tribulations, but most importantly, to bring peace back between God and man. And it's interesting to note, and I'll challenge you to as some homework this week, is to take a look at the Beatitudes that are found in Matthew chapter 5. But as I was going through the Beatitudes, I looked at this, and this was really interesting to note, that out of all of the Beatitudes mentioned in Matthew 5, being a peacemaker was the only one that came with a promise of being identified within God. Everything else is like, you know, blessed are those who hunger and thirst so they will be filled or, you know, the kingdom of heaven is theirs or whatever. But this is the only one that identifies us in Christ. So being a peacemaker is a key aspect of having our identity rooted in our heavenly father. Now, you're saying, okay, so Pastor Brian, what does this look like? What does this feel like? I'm not asking you to get involved in every quarrel or every fight that happens at Walmart or McDonald's or these seem to be the places that people get into it the most, right? I'm not asking you to jump into, you know, people throwing fisticuffs. I mean, if that's you, the Lord be with you. We bless you. We release you. But there's a different aspect to being a peacemaker that I think really kind of shows the heart of God. And I was kind of jumping into it. There's this Greek word for, for peacemaker, and I will probably butcher it. But it sounds similar to Arian Poyoyoy. I just butchered that right now. I'm so sorry. 
But here, let me tell you what it means because that's the good part. You don't need to know how to pronounce it. You need to know what it means. And this is what it means. It means to be pacific, right? And what does that mean? It means to be peaceful in character or intent. So as you go about, your character is peaceful and your intention is always peace. Look at this, loving peace. And this is the part that I want you to hear today. One who bravely declares the word of God and the harmony of God, which makes someone whole. That's what a real peacemaker is. A real peacemaker is someone who brings people into the wholeness that only God can bring. A peacemaker, not always jumping in the middle of fights, but really jumping in between the gap between God and man, the separation and saying, listen, let me show you a better way. Can I share with you the goodness of God? Can I share with you what has transpired in my life? Can I just, people say, well, well, Pastor Brian, how do you know that God is real if you can't see him? Right? I always get these kinds of things. I'm like, listen, I have experienced so much in my personal life. That's what I got to go off. I can only tell you what has occurred in my life. I know what's happened in other people's lives and I can share that, but not with as much conviction as what has happened in my life. And as you begin to share your testimony, and as you just begin to share the goodness of God, and as you just begin now to reach people or, or, or talk to people that maybe, you know, are, are, are normally avoided or not spoken to, and as you begin to, to actually be like Christ on this earth, you become the very thing that Jesus said when he came to earth that he would do is be the Prince of Peace. And here's the beautiful thing about it. The Bible commentary puts it this way. God is thus seen reflected in them, those peacemakers. And by the family likeness, these peacemakers are recognized as the children of God. Now, in conclusion, consider this. Isaiah 9, Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. And in John, Jesus said that he would leave his peace with us. That he came to earth to bring us into peace with God. And now he's left us here with the Holy Spirit, who is our power, our guide, our advocate, our comfort, our strength. And he sent us out to bring that same peace to others. Wow. Very thing that Jesus came to do and he did now gets extended for you and I to do. And we become men and women who diffuse the peace of God just by our presence because what we've experienced in our private time with Jesus begins to ooze out of us my wife she's big into um, diffusing anybody diffuse essential oils that whole thing I love it you know why I love it because I like a house that smells good right I like walking in my house going whether it's dinner or a candle or essential oil or whatever it is I like walking in and going yeah it's not pleasant when you walk into a place and like You're like, your nose itchy? Yep. I don't like that. You don't like that. We all, None of us like that. But here's this amazing thing about Melissa's diffusers. All you got to do is put a little bit of water in there and put one drop, two drops, no more than three. And it takes that and it diffuses it. It multiplies it. It magnifies it. And very quickly, the scent of whatever that is that we're diffusing, takes over the whole house, basement, you know, upstairs, floor, 
And here's what I think that we can do this holiday season, this Christmas season. I think we can take God's presence and from that experience his peace and begin to diffuse peace all around us. I think this Christmas is going to be different for a lot of us. I think maybe some of us has kind of been maybe a little bit anxious or fretting what's going to happen with some of our family because let's be real, some of our family, they're crazy. Let me be real. That same family thinks you're the crazy one. Right? But what if we went into it with a different mindset this year? What if we went into it, the things that have always bothered me, I'm not going to let them bother me anymore. I'm going to be a diffuser of peace. I'm going to be a peacemaker. I'm going to do my best to bridge the gap between God and my family. And I'm going to just allow the peace of God to ooze and permeate out of me. Here's what I learned by working at a different workplace. Every day I used to work with someone who didn't understand social cues, didn't understand the fact that nobody wants to talk before they've had their third cup of coffee and would just start talking. And, and, and this person would normally start the first server of the day, which was six o'clock. So if you started at 6.30 or seven, you would hear all of the stories that this person wanted to share, whether you wanted to be a part of it or not. You had no choice. They would just follow you around like a lost puppy. And you know, they would just share everything. And then the second person would come on and then you had the opportunity to hear it a second time. You didn't want to hear it the first, but you're so blessed you get to hear it twice. And then the third person would come on the shift and you get to her and you're following me. You're going on. And I was always the second person at work. So I got to hear it by the time it was said and done five, six, seven times. Right? And every day I'd go in and I was like, like already dreading it. This is just honest confessions of a pastor. Okay? This is not this workplace. Let me just make that clear. I work at the church now. It's a different place. Okay? So, here it is. I get to hear it three, four, five, six times, and people just, ah, she never, she never, she never, sorry, they use this kind of language. She never shuts up. She just keeps going. She's just talking, blah, 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 blah. And one day, out of nowhere, it was the wisdom of God. I said, listen, that's just the way she is, okay? And you expecting it to change miraculously every day and then being really disappointed about it is getting old. So why don't we just take the time and listen to her? Because if I take a look at her life, I began to realize she counts us as her family. She ain't got nobody else. She wasn't married. She didn't have a great relationship with her family. She's got no one. And she chooses you and she chooses me to share the good things that are happening in her life. So maybe if you just took one minute and celebrated what's going on in her life, you would be in a good mood too. And I started realizing something. I was like, wait a second. Why do we go into situations expecting that things are going to change, but we don't do anything to change them ourselves? And then we get disappointed when we're disappointed. It's like, oh, Uncle Ted's going to start doing what Uncle Ted does because everybody has an Uncle Ted. You know what I'm talking about? That weird uncle that just makes everything just weird, right? Maybe you're the Uncle Ted. Take a good hard look at your life. I don't know. Maybe I'm Uncle Ted. I don't know. But here's the thing that I do recognize. If I go into a place or if I go spend time with a bunch of people and I think that it should be this way and then it doesn't end up being that way, then I lose my peace over it. Wait a second, I'm the crazy one. I'm the crazy one. But what if I just take a moment and just take a step back and look at the situation? Here's the thing that I found. It's by the end of it, what used to really annoy me about this person sharing their stories, right? I actually started taking some interest. 
And I started seeing the countenance change. And I, I started realizing, oh, wait a second. Maybe it's not her that needs to change. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm missing a beautiful opportunity here. And so every once in a while, this is Confessions of a Pastor. Every once in a while, this particular person would be telling a story, and then the person that would always come in was upset that this person had to tell the story, but that person was really like the last one on. So you only had to hear it once. I had to hear it like five times. That person would come in, and here's what I thought. When I started really investing my time and listening, like not just like in, in like, you know, oh yeah, that's good, okay, doing my thing. But I would stop and just make eye contact and, and give a minute or two to that person. What I found out is they didn't have the need to tell everybody else because they felt heard and understood. And so every once in a while when this other person was just kind of rubbing me the wrong way, I was like, hey, so-and-so, did you tell her about that story you told me this morning? You should tell her, it's a really good one. And I would look at that girl and I would smile like, have fun. And I'd just walk off. It's like, because you, you haven't got it yet. You haven't got the revelation yet. But here's the thing. What if we just went into the Christmas season understanding that the peace of God is available to us and for us and that we've been called to be peacemakers and we go in with a different heart this year. Maybe Uncle Ted is just a little bit lonely and he doesn't have anybody. Maybe make a beeline to Uncle Ted, say, Uncle Ted, how you been? What's been going on? What's happening? And just let him talk and then you know what's going to happen? Right? I'll tell you what's going to happen. Holy Spirit's beginning to speak to you. Just tell Uncle Ted that I love him. Just tell Uncle Ted that don't worry about what's transpired because there's better things ahead. Begin to speak hope to Uncle Ted. Begin to speak life to Uncle Ted. Begin to speak words of peace and words of joy and words of hope. You know what's going to happen? I know what's going to happen because it happened to me. Uncle Ted's going to start thinking. He might not get saved this Christmas. Maybe he will. Then you have Uncle Ted who's on fire for Jesus, talks to everybody. That's the kind of people we need, right? Maybe we see Uncle Ted differently because his gifts are just being misused. They were meant for the kingdom of God, but he's not there yet. And so we can help bridge the gap by being a peacemaker. I don't know about you, but man, I, I'm looking forward. I have so been enjoying this Christmas season filled with hope, as we spoke about last week, and now filled with the peace of God this week. So I'm going to ask you to do something for me. Would you stand to your feet? Maybe you're here today or online and you don't understand or haven't maybe experienced the kind of peace that I'm talking about. And here's what's beautiful about this. All of this comes out from a relationship with God. Real peace is only experienced when we have peace with God. And the way that we do that is just by trusting the work that Jesus came to do on this earth for you and for I. And how do we do that? The Bible says if you just confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, then you'll be saved. You'll start on this awesome journey of faith where all of a sudden you could start being filled with this hope and start experiencing this peace. And even in the middle of chaos, you know this peace. And it's as simple as saying a prayer with faith, meaning it in your heart. And so we say this prayer together. They're going to put it on the back wall behind me. But we just say it together. It's just as an act of submission to God saying, Lord, I recognize my way doesn't work, but yours does. And I'm trusting in your way. I'm trusting you for hope, and I'm trusting you for peace on this earth, but also, Lord, eternal peace, the kind of peace that lasts beyond this world. 
And so let's say this together. Let's say, Jesus, thank you for paying the price for my salvation. I ask you to forgive me of every sin. I repent and I'm purposing to change the way I think and live. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Jesus, help me to learn about you and to grow in this kingdom lifestyle. I declare that you're my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for receiving me. In Jesus' name, amen.